What Up World. It's your past first point guard and trailblazer reporter Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and now also on YouTube. We've been on YouTube for two months, a little more than two months, I think. Uh, we just passed the just past the two month mark. We're trying to get to 2,000 by 2022, 2,000 by New Year's, and we're up over 1,400. So we need another 600 of y'all to jump on board. So if you're listening in the podcast feed, uh, please please go ahead and subscribe. Uh, if you're a new listener, hop on, you know, go over to YouTube right now and make it happen. If you're watching on YouTube and maybe just listening to the show for the first time, give it a chance. Subscribe to the show. It won't hurt. It's five days a week. Uh, we post a new show, an episode every single week. It's the only Daily Trailblazers podcast. So uh, join us. Uh, join us. Help help me get to my goal of 2000 by New Year's. I would truly appreciate it. In today's show, we're going to talk about the Blazers' loss to the Los Angeles Clippers. They lost 102-90 uh, on Monday evening at the Moda Center. I was in the building to see a team without Damian Lode, without CJ McCollum, without Amphrey Simons, without Nazir Little, and then without Ben McLemore in the second half. Play it pretty well. We'll talk about them playing pretty well and sort of the new world of expectations. There's also some reporting from The Athletic that Damian Lord is maybe frustrated with his situ- with the situation. We'll talk about both his fr- that, that reporting and then his frustrations about someone reporting his frustrations. Uh, these MFs love drama, as Damon Lord says. So that, we, got a, we got a fun show for you today. St- st- um, so a whole bunch to talk about. Let's get into it. By doing what we do at this time, our fastest recap in the West. Blazers lose 102-90, but they were in this one. Twenty, They were up 27-26 after one. Norm Powell had 12 points in the first quarter. They were rolling. Yusuf Nurkic had a big first quarter, but had to leave a little bit early with foul trouble. Uh, Blazers were only down one at halftime, 49-48, and Norm had 18 at the break, and Nurk had 14. This was going to be a monster night from Yusuf Nurkic. And the, and the Blazers, there was no second-half collapse. You know, they have shown, in the, even in the embarrassing loss to the Celtics, like the Blazers were in the game at halftime, and they just, they just left the building, basically, in the second half. They didn't leave they did not there was no meltdown they they were just down 77 74 after three they lost a third quarter by two they were in in the game excuse me lost the third quarter by four but they were they were in the game um and then it really fell apart in the last three minutes they're right there they're right there an undermanned team that started dennis smith jr norman powell tony snell robert covington and yusuf nurkage was in the game with three and a half minutes left norman powell drives down the paint kicks to larry nance in the far corner in the right corner and nance misses a wide open three that would have given blazers a one-point lead instead they come the other way paul george beats his man for a dunk inside two hands with a little pull up and the and the clippers go up four the blazers take a timeout knowing okay here we go uh, we're at the three-minute mark. We're down four, big possession, and they turn it over coming out of the timeout, trying to force-feed uh, Norm coming off a double uh, double screen on the baseline. Dennis Smith Jr. just throws it away as Norman Powell slips down. Uh, DJ probably shouldn't have thrown the ball, or DSJ probably shouldn't have thrown the ball, and um, you should probably never fall down. That's never a good idea. But, you know, Norm slips. They turn the ball over. Um, Four-point game. They don't get a shot off. Uh, PG comes down and hits a tough 18-foot pull-up. And Yusuf Nurkic called for a flagrant foul while the shot is in the air. He um, elbowed Isaiah Hardenstein in the face on the shot. Uh, get a, gets a flagrant foul on review. So it's a three-point play. All of a sudden, the Blazers are down 95-88. It's a seven-point game. And uh, and the Clippers get the ball back because of the loose ball flagrant um, situation. And they get a dunk on the out-of-bounds play. And it's a nine-point game. And that's it. Like, you know, the, the, the flagrant foul possession was a big one because it turned out to be a five, basically a five-point possession. But... 
they were right there. They were right there and they ended up, they end up, that's where the game slipped away in that sort of three minutes and 90 second mark, like 90 seconds where they just weren't, they weren't, um, you know, they, they ran out of talent. That's your fastest recap in the West, 102 to 90. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic, monster game, 31 points, five boards, uh, 12 of 19 from the floor, started better than that, kind of, um, you know, they just force-fed him a bunch, and he was really beaten up on the uh, on the Clippers centers. In an earlier meeting, the first meeting this year with the Clippers, uh, Yusuf Nurkic got punked by Zubac and Hardenstein. He punked them tonight. Um, Zubac had had no answer. Hardenstein didn't have an answer till late. Uh, they even gave Serge Ibaka a little chance on Nurk, and Nurk scored on him too. Like this was this was Nurk. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't think you're going to get 31 out of Nurk every night because uh, that's he probably lead the league in scoring, but. Um, this was, you know, a team that needed offense and needed shots. They just gave him the ball where he wanted on the right block a whole bunch and let him go to work. And early on, it really worked. Um, at the end, like I said, he got blocked a couple times and they started sending double teams. And I don't, um, just with the other sort of options and, and Nurk's determination, there was some bad, bad decisions out of, um, out of those double teams and out of those late post-ups. But Nurk was awesome in this game. Um, this, this was, he, he was really, really, really good. Uh, Norman Powell, you know, soaked up a whole bunch of offense and had to sort of uh, just, you know, got 24 shots up because in some ways, just because they need him to, um, you know, there was some, maybe a couple just like wild drives that Norm didn't need, but for the most part, like he was just, they just needed him to shoot because they didn't have enough offense. He finished with 29 points and five boards. Uh, Brutal night from the Blazers starting forwards. Uh, Tony Snell, he just, um, He's Tony Snell, like he's not going to give you a bunch and he didn't. And Robert Covington, 0 for 5 from 3, 1 for 8 from the floor. Did have 10 boards, 3 steals, and 2 blocks. And like, I think he had some positive moments on defense to be sure. And I don't think this was a night where Rocco looked like he was like totally out of sorts on defense. He certainly, um, he's had those. Uh, this wasn't that. It was just a straight up bad offensive night. Uh, didn't get much from the bench. Uh, 11 total points, 4 from Nance, 4 from Zeller, and 3 from CJ Ellaby, who in his first shift looked absolutely out of his depth and then came in and was kind of fine in a second shift played much much better in that second half um not still not very good he's not not you wouldn't want him in the rotation if he didn't have to um but but when ben mclemore who only who played eight minutes in the first half and didn't return after halftime with a left hip um they were calling it just like left hip soreness um did not return he had to go Ellaby. You just had to, that, those were your eight guys. And basically they played, you know, seven for real. Uh, Norm played 44 minutes. Whoo, that's too much. Uh, Paul George did not play well, but hit some big, 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 big shots down the stretch. Um, really big ones in the final three minutes, finished with 21. Uh, and the uh, Clippers also got 15 from Luke Kennard in his first start. Uh, 13 from Brandon Boston Jr. off the bench and 17 from Marcus Moore Sr. Who missed, he, he made three of eight threes, but his five misses were so gross um, that it didn't feel like he had a good game. My real takeaway from this, the Blazers played pretty well. Like, all things considered, considering who they didn't have, no Dame, no CJ, no Nas, no Ant. Like, with the group they had, they played pretty well. Um, I talked about this with someone, I'll call them Rexy. Rexy asked, like, coming into the night, uh, did you think the Blazers were going to win? I said, no. <laughs> I gave them, like, a 7% chance to win when I showed up at the arena. And then by halftime, I had said, like, yeah, they're, they, they've got something like a 35% chance to win this game. They're not, they don't have enough talent, but, like, they played well. And they didn't, um, I expected them to have a good first quarter and then kind of just 
go away quietly like they had the last couple games, but they hung with it. They hung with it until the last three minutes, and they they didn't lose this game because of lack of effort. They didn't lose this game. Um, they lost this game because they just the other team's best player made shots at the end of the game. Like they, they lost this game because they had a, they, they missed a wide open three and they turned the ball over and committed a flagrant foul. Like it, it happened, um, and they, you know and. It's, it's a talent league, right? Like at the end of the game, the the Clippers, whose offense was also a total slog in this one, gave the ball to their best player and said, save us. And Paul George saved us. And the Blazers were giving the ball to Nurk in the post and Norman Powell. And it's just like a, a different level of talent. But I would say like, I came away from this game um, and not feeling good, but I would say it was heartening. It was a heartening game. Like you felt like, okay, this team hasn't totally quit. They're not going to just go away. Um, they're capable of like committing to a plan. They're capable of playing hard. They're capable of being scrappy on a night where like they just didn't have enough good offensive players out there and they went five of 22 from three because um, Tony Snell and Robert Covington, two dudes who are just supposed to be basically three-point specialists, went 0 for 7. Um, and Norm went two for eight with a whole bunch of attention and um, and a couple a couple of dicey decisions to... One from the corner it was just a dicey decision to pull. Um, like... Yeah, I, I came away a little heartened with the, with the effort that they played with and with just, um, you know, I thought they were kind of going to get going to get smoked in this game um, and, and they didn't get smoked. They didn't go away. They didn't. Um, after what we'd seen the last two games, I think it, I, I expected them to kind of show us fake, fake heart, fake hustle for 12 minutes and then quit. And they gave us 48 minutes of of real competitive basketball. Now, they, they also have now lost um, three consecutive home games. They're 11 and 14. They're slipping down the standings. Like, it's not all good. But, like, this game was, if you were looking, if you were, like, grasping for positives, it was right there in front of you. You could see it right there. Like, they didn't get, they got clowned off the floor on Saturday night, and they came back and responded in a nice way. Um, at some point, they're going to need to win some games. We're going to talk about that at the at the close of the show. But, like, today, leaving the arena, I felt like, yeah, good 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 for the blazers like good to show good to show some heart um like i said heartening because they showed some heart um this this was this was a a nice little loss do i even think that <laughs> i don't know i kind of walked myself into that phrase but i'm not sure i believe it I, what i believe is that this could have gone a lot worse and it didn't and if you want to feel good about them not being not having a horrific night you should because you need it dear listener um you're listening to this particular episode um considering the state of the world like you need to feel good about this team and i think it's okay to say after this game like good job boys hope hope, hope you win soon hope you win soon let's um let's talk about the news today uh the Athletic published a report early this morning, uh, early on on Monday morning, that um, kind of inside Neil Olshay's getting fired and what's what's going on with the team, and it includes some little nuggets about Damian Lillard that then Damian Lillard maybe objected to on Twitter. So let's talk about the nuggets. Let's talk about the objections. Let's talk about all of that in the second segment. But first, let me tell you about True Bill. Uh, listen. It can be difficult to cancel subscriptions because companies make it intentionally difficult to do so. And Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, you don't want, or you simply forgot about. Listen, like I said, companies make subscriptions hard to cancel and Truebill makes it incredibly simple. You just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. It's a service you're paying for. If it's one tap, it's literally right there in, in the app. And if it's more than one tap, you're paying for someone to, to figure out how to get rid of those subscriptions. I've used it. Um, 
just to kind of quickly get a look at all the subscriptions I had, uh, it took less than 10 minutes from downloading the app to signing up to having my eyeballs on all my subscriptions uh, to kind of see what I wanted to cancel, what I wanted to keep, or just what I had there. Truebill made it quick, made it easy, and I think it could work for you. Truebill um, has already worked for over 2 million users and helped them save over $100 million. So um, if you want to save some money or at least get a kind of sense of what your subscriptions are, it's a it is an easy easy, easy way to do it. So don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at truebill.com slash locked on NBA. Go right now, truebill.com slash locked on NBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. Today's show is also brought to you by Theragun. Listen, I don't want you to let the stress of daily life get you down and weigh on your body. Whether you're an elite athlete like me or someone just trying to make it through the day tension-free, Theragun can help you. Theragun is the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power. And it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good, it gets to the source of pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out, an injury, or just the stresses of daily life, there's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. Plus, Theragun is trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid and athletes like Paul George, who scored six points in the final three minutes and helped sink the Blazers, probably because he was using that Theragun to stay loose. Plus, hundreds of thousands of customers. So, um, if you want to get your body right so you can score down the stretch, try Theragun for 30 days starting at only $199. Go to therabody.com slash locked on right now. Get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's therabody.com slash locked on. Therabody.com slash locked on. All right. So we talked about the Blazers win or Blazers win. They won by only losing by 12. They won by playing, um, playing right with the team um, for 45 minutes. The, the Clippers were scuffling a little bit. Like they've, 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 you know, they started eight and four this season. I believe maybe seven and four, but they started, they started really nice. Like they started late. They were like really rolling early in the year and they've been scuffling since then. Like they've really, um, they've, they've kind of started to, to tumble down the standings that are their own self. So they were, they, this was like a night that they needed also to get right. Um, and I, that's kind of why I thought they might run the Blazers out the gym because, um, you know, all 29 other teams along with the Blazers are also experiencing their own sort of ups and downs downs uh, unless they're the Warriors and then they only experience ups and then they lose every three weeks once every three weeks um but like you know so I kind of thought the the, the Clippers might boat race the Blazers and just roll in this one so yeah the Blazers lost by or they won by minus 12 this is a win by minus 12 um there's a there's a kind of a point and we might have reached there where you need to sort of recalibrate your expectations and I think it I think we've reached a place where like I I feel a little, I feel like, okay about the Blazers losing another home game that I knew going in they were going to lose. It's a weird place. But that's that's for the third segment. Here I want to talk about the news. A story today posted on the Athletics website by, uh, written, bylined by Shams Charania and Sam Amick. They wrote it. They didn't byline it. I don't know where that verb came from. They wrote it and they were given bylines on the story. Uh, and it runs through kind of, 
uh, Neil Olshay getting fired. And, and a lot of it is just like scene setting stuff. You know, if you listen to this podcast, you know, Neil Olshay threw Terry Stotts under the bus and acted like a dumb, dumb dummy in, in press conferences all summer long and then got fired for being a jerk, um, which is like maybe not a fireable offense, but the Blazers found enough evidence to suggest that it was worth firing with cause and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, stay tuned. You see if there's a, uh, if there is a lawsuit, it certainly, to me, seems like something could be on the table from the old Olshay side. But like, that's, that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about a, a couple specific paragraphs in here where the, where Amick and, and Trani, where Amick and, where Sam and Shams, we'll call, we'll call them by both their first names. It's two gentlemen I've met. Um, uh, but they kind of talk about, um, Dame's frustrations. Um, and Dame, you know, Dame wanted changes this off season. And maybe he specifically wanted Jason Kidd to get like a real consideration. Like his two top choices were Chauncey Billups and Jason Kidd. And Jason Kidd didn't even get a sniff because Olshay had decided to hire Chauncey Billups maybe months beforehand. Um, so like he was going to hire him unless someone blew him away and he wasn't going to let Jason Kidd be the person that blew him away. Um, so there's like some frustration over the coaching situation that reportedly from Dame. Um, there's some frustration over sort of his role, which is the, from the ro- excuse me, from the roster not changing. Because Olshay didn't change the roster. Totally, t- totally reasonable frustrations from Dame. But um, but then it suggests that maybe Damon Lord is also, or it's, it just doesn't say maybe. It suggests that Damon Lord um, is also a little bit frustrated with kind of um, the way he's been used this season. Some of it is he's just like, he's just shooting bad. He's having a bad year. He's not physically right. And it's boiled over to just him not getting to the free throw line, him shooting way worse from the field, him not scoring nearly as much. But it says here, and I'm going to read it for you just so we know what we're talking about. It says, more specifically, Billups' choice to use Lillard in pick and rolls less than Stotts less than Stotts did, has been a point of contention. Per Synergy, Lillard's times the pick-and-roll ball handlers declined from 46.3% to 39.2%. His points per possessions, those scenarios have dipped significantly as well, from 1.073 to 0.883. The defensive rules have changed. The defensive rule changes have clearly impacted Lillard too, as he's on a career-low pace in terms of free-throw attempts per game. Uh, the last part's not important, but the first part is like, Dame wants... Reportedly, right here is like Dame wants to do what he does. His comfort zone is running pick and rolls. It, it was not always the case under Terry Stotts that the Blazers were a pick and roll heavy, pick and roll only team. It kind of devolved into them being that pick and roll heavy, pick and roll only team, right? Like it wasn't, that wasn't always the case, but it eventually got to Dame's comfort zone. And that's why I've kind of pushed back when people say like, should they run Terry Stotts' offense? It's Dame's comfort zone versus what Billups wants to do. And here it's like, Dame wants to play in his comfort zone like any star would, and maybe there's some frustration with that. But also, Dame might be just be frustrated with this reporting. Dame tweeted out, quote, tweeted this this story and tweeted something to the effect of, these MFs love drama so much. Um, MFs means mother-father. Um, so it's... <laughs> sorry for the stupid laughing at my own stupid joke but it's it's late um it's after the game on a monday evening uh but like you know i think both of these things to me are easy to believe that dame is both frustrated because he wants to play in his comfort zone and he's and he wants to just run a whole bunch of pick and rolls because that's what he's comfortable doing and that he's also comfort he's also frustrated with either someone airing this out like maybe his personal business or he he feels like that his frustrations are i want to play better and i want to and i want to like imprint on the game and like you you know maybe i maybe i he disagrees with the characterization of this like that he's frustrated with billups right like that that 
said, you're kind of sowing seeds like Dame Mad at coach is kind of like sowing seeds for further um, bad news down down the line. And um, like, I, I think both things can be true. Like, I think Dame can, I, I think like this reporting can be totally spot on. And also Damian Millard can be mad that either it's being reported or that he maybe miss. like I said, disagrees with like the, some of the specifics of the reporting or, or like that sort of the nature of it. Like, listen, I might be mad at coach, but people get mad at, at coaches all the time. Like it's a normal part of NBA stuff. Um, I will say that I was I had been really keen paying attention to sort of Dame's involvement since he's been injured and I thought the last couple nights that he was just watching him from uh, press row, you know, just kind of peeking at him and, and particularly in timeouts, like how he reacts as guys come back to the bench, that he didn't seem super engaged. Um, they were also getting waxed. So like maybe he's like, you know, picking his spots when to have a lot of energy. But tonight against the Clippers, way more engaged, way more engaged. There were moments when, you know, he went, when the coaches usually after a timeout, they'll spend 30 seconds talking and then they'll kind of let, let guys catch their... So, let guys kind of catch their breath and catch their thoughts and then they'll come in and say their piece at the end of a timeout. Like that's very pretty much standard across all NBA teams. Uh, in that sort of uh, open moments, Dame like going to talk to Nurk and going to talk to Rocco and talking to Dennis Smith Jr. Um, you know, when CJ Ellaby had a really rough shift in the first half, Dame said something to him as he came back and kind of leaned over on the bench and said something to him again. Like he was much more engaged in this game just from like, um, from watching him. So I think I would have like prior to this like based on sort of just like watching him on the bench the last couple games, like Dame doesn't seem like he's into this right now, but like also he's hurt and bummed and watching his team get smoked. Like it's being bummed about like being upset about that is normal. Uh, <laughs> it's That's so like, I wasn't going to read too much into it, but I was like paying, paying very close attention just for my own sort of um, personal interest and, and you dear listener. Cause that's what I want to bring you. The view from press row, um, something, uh, you know, this is, this is why you come here. Cause I, I, I do have, uh, I provide some, some level of insight. Right. Um, so what do you, what do you do with this? Like, what do you do with the athletic information? You know, keep it in your back pocket. Um, think about it like this, like any information that leaks leaks for a reason. Why, you know, why did someone, why does someone, um, or some entity want this information out there? Um, it, you know, not all reporting comes from one side. It can come from, you know, you get multiple people leaking their agendas and, and the, you weave them together. That's kind of like the nature of, of journalism, but like, um, it, it's, it's maybe a little simplified version of journalism, but you get it. Um, so like, I think there's a reason this report is out and I think there's a reason Damon Lillard is frustrated that this um, information is out there or this like framing of this information is out there. I think both of those things can naturally exist, um, n exist together in one ecosystem. What I want to do to close the show is I want to make you a little bit smarter because you listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge and you switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money because with Boost, you get the power of free 5G phones so you can listen to all the latest episodes of this podcast. The power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month so your family can harness all that brain power too. And the power of one of America's largest 5G networks so you can do it all at the speed of 5G. With all that money you'll save and all that knowledge you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile and find out. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G, net 5G networks. More power to save. Boost Mobile. Disclaimer, free phone limited to new customers, one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers and coverage not available everywhere or for all phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for details.
still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You're still listening to Locked on Blazers. So we talked fastest recap in the West. Blazers lose to the Clippers. Played fine. Uh, no, no reason to, no reason to be super upset about that one. It was um, probably, it, it certainly exceeded my expectations. We talked about the Damian Lord news, um, or, or like the Damian, the reporting around Damian Lord. Um, like the Blazers are a mess. <laughs> like the, uh, their two top executives have left, um, and they're they're um, be, they're really beat up injury wise, and they they are still have one win on the road. Um, and they've gotten shellacked a couple times this week and on their home floor. Like they're they're not in a good place. So like Damian Lord being frustrated seems right to me. <laughs> like um, this news doesn't come as a shock. Um, also within that story was the idea that Damian Lord wanted to play with Ben Simmons. I'm not even touching that right now because yeah, duh, duh. Let's wait. Like we'll talk whole mailbag episode later this week. We'll talk a bunch about Ben Simmons. Um, if the if Philly was open to trading for CJ McCollum, Ben Simmons would already be on the Blazers roster. That's all I need to say about that one. And Daryl Morey's watching the Blazers melt down. Um, you think he's going to trade Ben now and not wait it out and see if it gets worse? Y'all are wild if you think that. Um, but what I want what I want to do to close the show um, is not just ramble about Ben Simmons after promising that I wouldn't ramble about Ben Simmons. But that's what you get here. Um, that's what we get here late night podcast record. Um, I want to talk about expectations because I do think the game tonight, like I came away like, yeah, fine. Good job. Good. You know, like good, nice little effort. I don't, you know, how could you be like, I was like, um, I was fired up after they lost to the Celtics. Like this team stinks. I didn't come away. thinking that I, I came into the gym a little worried that I was watching a stinky team. Um, and when CJ McCollum was downgraded to um, from probable to doubtful to out, he didn't even warm up before the game. Um, uh, like I was like, oh man, <laughs> this might not be the best use of my time this evening watching this Blazer game in person. But um, you know, I came away heartened, like I said. But the Blazers are um, the Blazers on Wednesday are going to go play Golden State in San Francisco, and they're probably going to get walloped. Um, and it'll be their fourth straight loss. Um, It'll be another road loss. Uh, the the Warriors are good enough that they might just like really beat the brakes off of the Blazers. They don't they don't care. Like they're not. Um, they will just come out in the third quarter and try to beat every team in the NBA in nine minutes of just um, hellacious defense and fast breaking offense and Steph Curry going nuts. And they do most nights. Like they're really good. Um, and I think the Blazers are are likely to be you know shorthanded. They're you know Dame's not going to be reevaluated till after that game. Nazir Little is supposedly going to be reevaluated on Wednesday of like day of that game. Um, he, he worked out yesterday. He got shots up prior. Um, uh, excuse me. Yeah. He got, he got shots up on, uh, on Sunday and he, he got a little you know, pregame warm up before, um, early before the Blazers lost to the Celtics. He was out on the court and then he played, he, you know, got, you know, just like jumped around a little bit, but, uh, Billup said that he was, he was sore when he came, when he woke up this morning and got to the facility. And so it was just like, maybe not a setback, but they were, he was maybe ahead of schedule they thought. And he was actually listed as questionable for this game when he wasn't even supposed to be, he was supposed to be out at least through the Warriors game, most likely. Um, so like he was kind of ahead of schedule and then he tested out the ankle and he's like, yeah, not, not, 
ready. That's why like reevaluate is kind of a nonsense word. It's like, don't ask about it. Um, they're, it's a, like a professional sports team. They're evaluating everyone all the time, but like the Blazers are going to be shorthanded, likely still probably no Anthony Simons, probably known as your little, uh, certainly no Dame. We'll see on CJ, um, with his rib contusion. We'll see on Ben McLemore with his, with his hip injury, uh, did not get an update on McLemore after the game. So like, I, I think the Blazers are going to get drilled in that game and so i want to talk about sort of like resetting expectations i do not think the blazers are like bottom of the west bad because that's like a special rung of like truly bad teams um but they're trending much toward much closer towards like the that 11 range out of the play-in than they are to like fourth um which if like 500 is fourth in the west basically right now um so like I just want to say like the way that like, don't freak out is basically what I'm trying to say. in so many words, if they lose to the Warriors, um, the times, like I, I had circled this stretch, like prior to the Warriors game is like a bunch of winnable games and like reason for optimism because the Pistons stink and the, the, the Spurs weren't very good. And like the Celtics have, have kind of struggled and the Clippers have been scuffling. It's like, these are four winnable games back home. That was like, that was my sort of reasons for optimism before I knew Dame wasn't going to play. And then even after Dame ruled out, I was like, you know, these are, these are winnable games. Like, I don't think these teams are like way, way better than even the shorthanded Blazers. It's like pre pre CJ injury and all that stuff. So, um, I'll say this. I was wrong. <laughs> Those reasons for optimism were false. And I ended up coming away with this week thinking like the Blazers are, um, like a, a small, not quite raging dumpster fire, but like, um, there are flames in the dumpster currently and you can see them. They just aren't like climbing up the wall just yet. Um, the Clippers game gave me a little, like a little more reason to, to, um, you know, try to put out the fire and, 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 and believe a little bit that this team can still get there when they, whenever they get healthy. But like, I don't think the Warriors game is a good barometer in any, in any way for like where they're at. Like they get shellacked, keep it moving. Um, they play four more home games after that. They're back for another four against like pretty good teams, uh, Minnesota and, 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 uh, and Charlotte in there too. Like it's, um, I think that homestand is more telling. So like, I'm, I guess I'm calling for patience. This is like a classic thing. I feel like I do when the Blazers struggle as I say, please dear listener, be patient with them. But I like, I really do mean it. Um, you know, they get, they get some time off after that Blazer game or after that, after the Blazer game, after that Warriors game, like they get, they get a real break. So they'll have, um, you know, that that's Wednesday night. They don't play Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. They come back Sunday at home against Minnesota, uh, Tuesday against Phoenix, Wednesday against Memphis, and Friday uh, they play the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, Memphis has won five in a row and has not trailed in any of those five games without John Morant. Whoa! Um, so, like, let's, let's kind of, let's just, like, throw Wednesday night out and like, we'll all agree here. I'm still gonna have a bunch of podcasts this week. So, um, you know, this is, this is Tuesday's show. So you have three more shows. Uh, we'll do a mailbag and we'll have Jason quick in here, but like, let's, let's all agree that whatever happens and when the Blazers lose by 22 against the Warriors and it's like non-competitive that we all knew it was going to come and that we'll worry Memphis will worry against, we'll worry at the homestand. Like, Minnesota, Phoenix, Memphis, Charlotte. We'll worry about those games uh, because those will be more telling and more, just more every like more more meaningful to sort of like where they're at in terms of Lillard's health and Ant's health and Nas's health and and CJ's health. Like get them back full strength. Um, I know this was like they were supposed to be 
whatever, 15 and 10 right now. And like, you're supposed to be feeling okay about them. They're not that. Um, so like recalibrate those expectations. They're going to be some games below 500. They're going to be four games below 500. Um, by, by when, probably when you wake up uh, Thursday morning. And, um, so just, there's no reason to freak out this week. Um, this, this, they are what they are right now and they're not very good, but it's not like it's it. The season isn't totally over. It's not time to straight up fully tank until you kind of see what they look like when they're at full strength. Um, I'm probably not in the like fully tank rebuild mode period, but I certainly won't be after whatever happens on Wednesday night. So that's my word of caution about recalibrating expectations. Um, and a look ahead to the golden state game. That's, they're just really, they're just a really good basketball team. Um, they'll, uh, they'll shred you in so many ways. So, that is it for today's show. Uh, this is going to post in your feeds Tuesday, December 7th. Um, Wednesday's show will be a mailbag show. So send in your questions at Mike G rich on Twitter and locked on blazers at gmail.com Thursday show. We will recap that warriors game and Friday show. Uh, Jason quick is going to join us. I, Jason might join us for the Warriors show. Um, it depends on his schedule and what he's doing. So, but l- one of the last two shows of the week, we'll have Jason on here for sure. Um, so make make sure you check that one out uh, and tell your friends to do the same. And go to YouTube right now and subscribe. We're gonna get to two thousand subscribers by New Year's. Two thousand subscribers by twenty twenty two. You're gonna help. Go subscribe to the show on YouTube. Tell your friends to do it as well. Also available wherever you get podcasts. Just search Locked on Blazers. We'll be there waiting for you. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.